This is the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Oh, intermission. No, it's halftime. Stop by 9390 Rogers Avenue for the best liquor, beer, and wine deals in the River Valley. Arkansas wins the national championship! Check out Eastside Liquor on Facebook for weekly specials. Say goodbye! Darren McFadden, 80 yards, touchdown! Talking with Grant Hall. Appreciate your time on Wednesdays, Grant. Right now, we've got a... uh, a press conference with Marcus Woodson, the new defensive backs coach for Arkansas. But you're with us. Um, how you doing, man? What's new? Well, yeah, that's. I just uh, had to leave that a little bit early because they were a little bit late getting started today. Uh, practice uh, actually wasn't scheduled to go as long. But, uh, you know, they're all talking about how good the weather has been here. The last couple of days have been a welcome respite from the, the heat. Uh, coach Woodson came from Florida State and I, I, I was struck by the fact that he sounds a little bit like Charlie Pride, the late uh, great country singer. It, you know, when he talks, that's who he reminds me of. But they, they're excited, you know, about the guys they're working with. Um, they've got, uh, they've been able to, because of, I think, McLaughlin and, and Singletary and some others, uh, they've been able to play Snacks Johnson and Jaden Johnson at this a hog position, which is actually the nickel position. Uh, so today it was Johnson and Johnson, the players who came in even before the coach did. <laughs> yeah, it leads to the pun, of course. But man, this is uh, this is probably the uh, the biggest position of need for Arkansas, judging upon what we saw from last year. You do have a lot of returners that you're still counting on, though. Hudson Clark. Dwight McLaughlin, you mentioned Jalen Lewis. I know he's fighting for a position out there. Uh, so, I mean, you're counting on, uh, you're also counting on Quincy McAdoo to be, you know, I think one of the starting cornerbacks, and we don't know if he's going to be playing at all this year. Uh, you know, I can't think of another position or another another uh, portion of the game of football where Arkansas needed uh, a, not just an improvement grant, but a major improvement. And Coach Woodson had that kind of turnaround when he was at Florida State. Yeah, and really, uh, I think the defensive backs got the better of the uh, the offense, at least in the the so-called fastball thing or the the few periods that we can watch. Uh, I think maybe the offense rallied this morning a little bit, but uh, you know, it's funny that I, I think last week maybe I was talking about how I was really impressed with the receivers that first day, and uh, so the, the coach that Coach Woodson acknowledged that that was not a good day for the defense, but he said ever since then. Uh, they've stacked some good days together, and they've got you know these guys uh, I mentioned. McLaughlin played at LSU. Uh, Singletary, um, you know, it, it has come in from Georgia. Uh, the kid, uh, the, the one you know, the kid from Cedartown, Georgia, and uh, this Al Walcott. They say is doing a phenomenal job. And there's another Baylor guy. Now he he did not he was not there in the spring. And really couldn't really do a whole lot till July, but you can tell uh, at least a lot of people he's got a chance to start also. Yeah, kind of our secondary losing Quincy. That's a that's a big loss. It's 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 for someone some somebody else to step up. Do we have any guys, Grant, that that have come up and hit you? Because that's the thing I liked about Quincy. Man, he was going to come stick his nose in there and make a tackle. We got to have more guys like that in the secondary. That we got to tackle better. Yeah, and really the. You know they've had the one scrimmage, and they they the players said today that uh, that it was just little things that they were trying to correct for this next big uh, second scrimmage. 
uh, and of course you can't tell a whole lot of, and, and the scrimmage wasn't open to us so right uh, I know that uh, who's the kid Spence the linebacker they say is really a, a hard hitter some of the young ones you know like and like on offense uh, I think Kudas just turned 19 years old the other day but he, he's getting a lot of uh, praise so I, I think this is a more physical football team this year I mean Sam said so uh, they're bigger and stronger, and so I think it's reasonable to expect that they would hit harder. You know, I think it's interesting. We heard from Cody Kennedy yesterday, and you feel really solid about where you are up the middle on the offensive line, but there, uh, it's it's you don't know what you're going to get at tackle just because the the guys that are expected to play there, Devin Manuel, Patrick Kudis, very talented, but haven't. You know, they they played on special teams last year. They didn't have to they didn't have to line up on the offensive line against SEC defenders too often. And when they did, it was it was on special teams. So and and the other interesting aspect of this too is, you know, we Sam Pittman takes the job as the Arkansas head coach. You start thinking to yourself, well, they're going to turn into a really good line of scrimmage team, and we're going to start bringing in a certain kind of recruit. And the recruits are big. They're big recruits that have come in. But then the guys who've been playing on the line, who've been successful the last two, three years, have, have mostly been Chad Morris guys. So, you know, with Braun coming in from Florida, and Sam gets credit for that because he transferred in under him. And then the two tackles, these are, these are Sam Pittman recruits. So this is kind of like the first year where you're seeing just at least the recruiting effect. I think there's been an effect of, of, of Sam being the head coach at Arkansas just on the line the last couple of years, but now you get a chance for his guys to now do their thing. Yeah, I, I was really impressed uh, with the offensive line coach. who came in yesterday, and he, he was talking about uh, how, you know, I, I think when the, these assistant coaches, some head coaches don't allow the assistants to talk at all. Uh, I don't think we ever hear from Saban's guys, do we? Maybe at the bowl, I'm not sure. But uh, they walk a fine line between being informational, which they are, and then not being too, you know, sounding like this is the greatest team ever. But I think it was interesting to hear uh, them talk yesterday about this offense under Dan Enos being uh, really different. The the formations have really changed, uh, multitude of new Protections, and I'm not sure how much Sam Pittman wants you know him talking about a, a big change in the offense. But he's excited about it. And and the other thing um, that, uh, that that Cody Kennedy, that, that Coach Kennedy said was, uh, you know, this is uh, well. I, I mean, he's, I'm not <laughs> I'm not going to sit here and try to give away secrets, you know. But he, he's excited about this offensive line. I mean, you talked about the size. There, some of them are listed at three fifty, and who knows? One I think was over four hundred pounds at one point. Um, but there—he uh, really like. It's funny, you know. He used a couple of words yesterday that impressed me. He used the word exponentially, and he used the word equatable. And I was talking to Tom Murphy about this this morning because the word came out as equitable in the newspaper, and what he actually said was equatable. And that's not even in some dictionaries you'll find, but it is a word, you know. So uh, I was impressed with Coach Kennedy uh, uh, yesterday also. Speaking of the offensive line, Grant, what, what's the latest with uh, Devin Manuel? If he's supposed to be our, our starting left tackle and he's missed six practices in, in a row, should we be worried? 
Well, it's always a concern. There were six or seven of those guys yesterday. Uh, and, and believe me, when they're, you know, the, the time was, Matt, I don't know how it was when you played, but guys had their red crosses on or whatever, and they might not do a whole lot during practice. But I think some of these guys are going to wish they're back in there because they're constantly uh, lifting the weights and doing the, uh, the up downs and all the things they have to do. It, it's it's not a picnic if you're on the sidelines not playing. And I would think they'd want to get back in there as soon as they can, if they can. Oh yeah, you definitely want to be practicing. I mean, that's that's the way uh, you're going to get on the field because there's something about being in game shape. I know these first couple first couple games, you you, you know, as fans, we're we're, we're saying, hey, our, our guys are going to go out there, and then the starters are going to be sitting out most of the second half. But we don't we don't know how that's going to go, and you got to be in shape. There's it's a difference between a practice and a game shape. Yeah, I think they're getting there. Um, I you know, it's funny that back in the day. Guys would run after practice a lot. I, I don't know how much they do that anymore, but the the practices are fast paced and uh, you know, not not a lot of idle time there. Uh, Grant, can I ask you about the golf? Uh, I, I saw that uh, I, I wanted to get your thoughts because I actually watched. Uh, I played that course. I shot a ninety-one out there. That's a tough track out there in, in, in Memphis. But I watched the finals and I wanted to get your opinion. Do you think it's better like Lucas Glover now at work this time? And, and it's Lucas Glover who wears no gloves, but he was out there on the track and then comes in and Patrick Cantlay was the one that was sitting down for an hour and a half and then hits his first tee shot into the water. Uh, what, what are you? Did you watch any of that? I did. I watched the most of it, uh, at least uh, the replay of it later. And, uh, yeah, you know, Glover is a guy that I'm really intrigued to see if he makes this Ryder Cup team. He changed his uh, putter, like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you want the guy with the hot hand who all of a sudden can putt, and he's always been a great ball striker, uh be pretty hard to, to keep him off of that thing now, which means somebody else might not make it like a Justin Thomas or – or whatever, but yeah, I thought uh, he looked like he'd been through a car wash mm-hmm, playing, mm-hmm. Um, and I just think Cantlay was probably so uh, hot physically, you know, from the round, he, he wanted to sit in there and watch a little bit more on TV, and he said the drive was close to being a perfect drive, I and mean, if it kicks right instead of left, he's okay there, but uh, those playoffs are pretty much a, a crapshoot, it, it's tough, you know, in a one-hole deal but uh, Glover came through Grant I feel like I could ask you about any major golf tournament on the weekend and that you've watched you've watched it's, a major hey, this portion is, of it you got the top 50 going to the BMW then the top 30 at, at, at Eastlake yeah how do you handle college football season Grant you know to watch Arkansas and whatever other games that interest you but still stay up on whatever's happening in golf and I know the answer is a DVR but man there's only 24 hours in the day and there's more hours than that in football and golf combined I would say uh, four or five hours sleep is a good night. <laughs> like last night, I was tired, but I wanted to watch Hard Knocks and see the latest on Aaron Rodgers. You know, you guys been following that with the, with the Jets. I think the Jets are going to be pretty good this year, uh, especially defensively. I guess they had uh, they had a magician show up uh, for camp yesterday, right? Did he did he wow you? Yeah, I I don't know, but uh, to answer your previous question. Um, you know, it's just it, but you know, it's fun. I mean, it's kind of like when you when you cover a golf tournament, you're getting four or five hours sleep a night. But as soon as you get out there and the, it's beautiful in the morning, and you start walking around, and you don't realize you haven't got any sleep. Did you see? Uh, have you seen the Johnny Manziel uh, documentary? 
I have not seen it. I heard uh, you, you got. Were you talking about it? Someone was talking about it yesterday. Yeah, I brought uh, it up yesterday. It feels incomplete. It felt like there. It felt like there was some meat left on the bones there, and uh, I don't. I don't know if they were going for likability or anything because he's still not. He's still not very likable, and and I think that there's another chapter to be written. Uh, and yeah. I don't know if it's going to be a pretty chapter. I mean, I hate to make a prediction like that, but you have this track record that's been all there in front of us for the entire public to see. Um, it's, I mean, it's worth that's the hour and 12 minutes if you want to put into it, but it's only an hour yeah. and 12 minutes. I thought it could have been two hours. It's a, it's a troubling story in the fact that he was such a great college football player. Uh, I mean, Johnny Football, you talked about it, Matt. Uh, he was exciting and it's like you, you want a guy like that to succeed in all areas of his life, mm-hmm. but um, doesn't always happen. Yeah, there was a lot of talent uh, that Mike, Mike Evans is. I don't know if he got Hall of Fame numbers in the NFL, but he's talented uh, enough. Have you have you kept up anything with the world basketball? Because I know Bobby Portis is over there. Are they in Abu Dhabi playing. I, I saw Brunson playing a little bit. Man, I'm I'm liking his game. I know Chuck's a fan of the Knicks. Brunson's a stud. Uh, but but is Bobby Portis been playing? A lot? Have you have you checked out, in on it? I have not uh, really, Matt, in terms of watching it, just kind of following it a little bit. Uh, the only basketball I did, that's funny, I watched 10 practices of the Arkansas women's team before they went overseas. They had a great trip, uh, one by the big margins you'd expect, and uh, uh, the freshman kid, Lawrence from Farmington, did well. And uh, so, that, But no, to answer your question, I have not watched Bobby and the guys. Women's team has some length. I mean, they had some length last year defensively. They added to it, bringing Sasha back and and uh, Lawrence too. Um, I guess it's all a question of whether or not that length turns into you know playing physical around the rim, which which still yeah that that's the big thing. I mean, height doesn't necessarily mean physicality, and I think that's the one thing that you're kind of hoping for from some of these from some of these tall young ladies. Is this a, is this a team feel you think that can compete with the South Carolina and LSU this year? I think they can. I think they can put a scare into those teams for sure. Going to have to have some links and some yeah. physicality. Got a ton yeah. of talent. The other aspect is Carolina's. No, I don't think Carolina's quite what they'd been previously. They've lost most of the players from the last couple of years, but they're pretty talented behind them. Uh, we'll, you know, we'll, Phil, we'll a couple of uh, a couple of things. They shot eighty three percent from the free throw line, and that's what they were doing in practice. I mean, they just feel like they couldn't miss. And practice, of course, it's different when you play, but that was good. But the thing that shocked me was Talia Scott was 0 for 12 from 3, and she couldn't miss one in practice. So, you know, uh, I think that's an aberration. I think she's going to be a great player. Yeah, I don't think that's going to – I don't think that's going to gonna stay quite like that. That's for sure. Grant, appreciate you, man. Thank you so much. Um, always appreciate your time. Let's do it again next week, okay? All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Grant. Buffalo Wild Wings just dropped two new sauces for a limited time to try in your traditional or boneless wings. Come into any participating Buffalo Wild Wings and try our new Buffalo Ranch or Honey Garlic Sauce. Visit your Buffalo Wild Wings in Bryant, Little Rock, Sherwood, Conway, Fort Smith, and Jonesboro to try the new Buffalo Ranch or Honey Garlic Sauce. While supplies last, get yours today. Buffalo Wild Wings. Roar. 
Are you in need of an attorney? Hickey and Hull Law Partners is your firm. Hickey and Hull understand the importance of client communication, meeting with you, responding to emails, and returning calls. Hickey and Hull are attorneys you can trust to guide you through a divorce or a custody case, criminal charges, or even civil lawsuit. Ready to put their seven decades of experience to work for you and get the best results. Every case is important. Hickey and Hull Law Partners strive to give each client the time and attention it deserves. Visit them at KevinHickeyLaw.com. Hickey and Hull Law Partners. Things are about to get better. And now, back to the podcast. Wednesdays belong to Clay. So how you doing today, Clay? What's new? I'm doing great. Just this nice, cool, crisp morning the last two days. I've got out, got in my five miles of walking. Five miles? Yep. I'm getting ready for my elk hunt in September. Mm -hmm. You know, I was all... You know, I um, I did a lot of hiking at altitude in uh, July, and I just sailed through that. And it was because I'd done a lot of walking in June. So, do you break I in your hills. boots now? When you, yeah, when you when you're doing it right now, Clay? Uh, no, well, or how my long boots does it take are, you to break your boots in? They they were they're Kinetrex. They came from Jelco, and they they were really great immediately i mean i'm sure there was some it was probably more me getting used to the boots than the boots getting used Uh to me um and they're you know they're waterproof high tops but you know if you get really good boots they're they're there's not a whole lot of uh, you don't want them to get too loose you want them to be tough and solid and strong soles you know heavy i mean i'll be walking in rocks and Stepping over, yeah. You don't want to twist your ankle while you're out there. No, they'll be there. They lace up above my ankles, and my my son-in-law gave me some gaiters that I put over the boots, and they go up my shins almost to my knees. That uh, give you some waterproofing if we would happen to have to go through some streams, or I guess we could go through snow. There's a possibility. Uh, mid-September at 9,000 feet that we could get a snow. Wouldn't that be cool? That'd be super cool, man. I mean, I've, uh, I called baseball in Butte, Montana and Missoula, Montana, where I saw snow-capped mountains. Those were June games. When we got there in July, I don't, I don't remember if there was... There was probably still snow on the top of them then. Hey, we, the game was... It was even snowing in Butte in June when I called one of those games there. So that definitely made me feel like I was... Uh, Somewhere I'd never been before. <laughs> yeah, the best way to put and it. It was true. You you were somewhere you'd never been. That's exactly right. Um, a place that uh, the college sports hasn't been. I don't know if you'd heard when we were kicking it around in the previous couple of segments. We've had a couple of callers in the last two weeks bring up the idea of schools getting kicked out of their various college conferences. All I know, the only time I know this happening is Temple, uh, out of the Big East. But there, I looked up. There were some other instances of maybe a vote occurring. Was SMU kicked out? SMU got the death penalty they just for pause. The they just yeah. were out one year. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, they were kicked out by the NCAA, and lack of success was not the reason why. You know, but I think of some programs like a, you know, Kansas State before Snyder got there, Northwestern in the early '80s. Like they could have been kicked out of the Big Ten. I think they went two or three years in a row without a victory. Heck, Arkansas they had three years. Uh, in uh, in the previous decade, without a conference win, I just I don't think that's where college sports is right now. Uh, but I do think in the future you could see football programs 
kind of relegated in a sense. Uh, whenever, you know, if they do come up with some sort of a super league, I don't see all 65 major college football programs making it into that. But outside of that, I don't see, you know, like a Vanderbilt or Missouri being kicked out of the SEC. Uh, I just don't think that's the college sports world that we live in right now. I don't think that's going to happen. Not in, not, well, it might be after my lifetime. I'm old. I just don't feel like that's, uh, that's where we're going. Um, but maybe I'm wrong. I've been wrong on some other stuff. So where are we going? Are we are we going? I mean, we've already seen the death of the Pac-12, and maybe it lives in some other iteration. I've read where there's a possibility of the American Conference like dissolving, joining the rest of the Pac schools, and calling that a Pac sort of a conference or whatever. But the that league's that league's dead. The ACC. It feels like it's on some kind of life support based on their grant of rights. And then you have the Big 12 that's grown so big that they won't think about expansion any longer. And then the, and then the huge behemoths in the SEC, based on the amount of success and the, the schools that are there and the brand names and the Big 10, which is just so unwieldy. Are we going to get to where there's only three? Do we get to where there's only two? Or do we get to a place where, you know, like Chip Kelly's talking about, why do we have volleyball and softball and baseball teams traveling coast to coast when they don't need to and football can do this and why does football you know not become independent from all the other sports yeah i still have a feeling that we could still have more movement in another time and i I, so let's just kind of go six seven eight years from now and usc and ucla and and Washington and, and Oregon, they decide, hey, we're, we don't really need any more trips to Piscataway. We don't really need any more, you know, trips to, you know, Penn State, to uh, College Park. You know, what? it's just, th- that's awful. We can't have uh, these other sports doing that. And they figured out, okay, we're, we're going to, we're going to, put our own deal together and we are going to you know find some money out west whether it's apple or you know or something that we hadn't even thought about an entity and that they they put something together that makes a lot of sense um i still think that we can see congress legislate something that changes nil and then we we see a model of college sports that that makes far more sense than what we have right now. Hmm. Um, So I I think that change, I mean, Colorado went to the Pac-12 and now they're back in the Big 12. I mean, it's just, it's, there's, there's things that are going to happen that we can't visualize. Um, And, you know, maybe every, maybe, maybe Congress breaks up, uh, the monopoly that we could see ESPN having at some point where they've got all of, you know, say the top 36 football programs and that they've, you know, they're, you know, violating some kind of antitrust legislation and and then that falls apart. Just like, just like uh, the NCA was, you know, what was it, uh, the college football commissioners or whatever, they they had all of the, you know, the media rights locked up, and Georgia and Oklahoma sued and won. 
and that got broken up. And all at once, we, you know, it got fragmented. We're getting close to where ESPN is almost uh, got it all. Um, so, hey, they're just getting into betting. Yeah, that's going to happen. They're going to be a casino now. Yeah, yeah, it's going to happen. And you know the the temples of college athletics that were pure and didn't you know did a nice job of keeping gambling away. Uh, all that's falling apart. Um, you know who who would have thought that you'd see the baseball coach at Alabama fired in the middle of the season because he was facilitating betting on his team. Uh, giving out information, but you know that happened, and it can happen again. And there is so much money in gambling that uh, you know it's uh, scandal is is inevitable. Well, so you know the way that you lay things out as far as these leagues are concerned, there's question marks for all of them. Like, how does the Big Ten schedule uh, something as unwieldy as four? Time zone. Well, they only, I guess they only have three time zones, but they're four time zones apart in some cases, and just a big number to try to schedule. Uh, the Big 12, I mean, that's a huge league that you got to figure out how to schedule. That spans, that spans four time zones. Um, you know, the, the ACC's got to figure out a way to stay together if they, if they can. And the SEC is just kind of in a sweet spot. You're in two time zones. It's still the only the only league really that feels like it's got a, a true regional footprint, uh, but a national base of people that want to watch their 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 football games and basketball, I think as well. Um, so I mean, what's the all these other leagues have? How do you schedule this and that? And obviously, the SEC is going to figure out how you how you maneuver in Texas and Oklahoma to baseball. They've already figured out basketball, and they figured out the other sports. And we know what football will look like for next year. And maybe you go to nine games and everything. But what does the other what does the SEC have to worry about? The other leagues have more to worry about in terms of like big issues. What's the SEC got to worry about? Yeah, the expenses for travel of the non-revenue sports are what are frightening everybody. You know, how does, you know, how, how do Rutgers and USC play volleyball matches? And does that, do they really want to? Do they want to spend that kind of money to, you know, are they going to fly commercial? Are they going to charter? Yeah, that's ugly, That the expenses that that's coming in. I would... Uh, I would be surprised to see some of those leagues like, hey, we're going to have those sports, but we're just going, we're just going USC and US, UCLA. We're going, we're going to play Fresno State, San Diego State, Santa Clara, and San Diego. And you know, if we're good enough, then we'll get in the NCAA tournament. And we don't really going to play except go to a conference meet. And that's going to be it. What what is it? Six hours to fly cross country, you know. So you're doing twelve hours. You got to show up two hours before, two hours. At, I mean, so you're, you're it's really you're traveling eighteen hours or so just to, for 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 what a a ninety minute volleyball game. Yeah, and the expense is just outrageous, and those sports don't bring in any money. Hey, and in the professional sports that play more than football, when you <clears throat> you know in the NBA you can make a West Coast swing. And you Stay play, on the road. Yeah. You play four or five teams out there. Baseball, you go in a West Coast swing, and, a, you know, the Cardinals will play. Or let the Cardinals let's take an East Coast team. The Mets play the Dodgers and the Giants and the Athletics while they're out there. You know what I mean? It makes sense in those cases. But you bulk the games together in order to ensure you don't have to make yeah. that many trips. But these are professionals. They can be out there for, 
for for nine to ten to twelve days. College, you can't ask college students to be doing that. Well, putting the them up Pac-12 in the hotel did. and all of that. Basketball, They're going to have to, aren't they? Yeah. That's what they did. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L. EAV for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. They have everything you need this summer at Eastside Liquor, such as Evan Williams flavored whiskey, soda jerk root beer or orange cream shots, Appalachian sipping cream liqueur, and more. A new law in Arkansas now allows the sale of single 50 milliliter bottles as well. Eastside Liquor, located at 9390 Rogers Avenue in Fort Smith. Stop in or swing by the drive thru and see Dave and his team today. After the three practices he's been there, I feel exponentially more confident than Andrew Chandler. He's done a really, really good job filling that role, but hats off to the D-line and those guys, too. He can't make the mistakes he makes with the twos, with the ones, and it flies. You know what I'm saying? There's a level of error there when you get up to the ones where he can't get by. That is Cody Kennedy yesterday talking about Andrew Shambly, who continues to run as the number one left tackle. Uh, Looking at the Democrat Gazette's notes from practice today, Ethan Westerman uh, reporting, just looking at who was playing, that uh, Devin Manuel missed practice again. Uh, So did Jashawn Stewart, Chris Paul, and Antonio Greer, and Nathan Bax. Uh, these are uh, who knows if they could practice, if they could play, if you had to play a game or just being held out. But it has been close to a week for Manuel. I know Paul missed the scrimmage as well. Uh, Greer, I think, has been out for a couple of days, and Bax has been out for the same amount of time as Devin Manuel. And these are these are guys that very well could be starting. Certainly in Paul's case, Manuel, potentially Nathan Bax, and uh, and Jashawn Stewart. Uh, but we we're talking offensive line and. Sounds like Andrew Shambly just continues to get a lot more experience against some older defensive ends and tackles, too. And that's, that's the thing I, I think about when you, when you know how everything is lining up on, on the offensive line and what they're facing at practice and in scrimmages, which is an overwhelmingly experienced defensive line. Boy, does that ever test the youth and inexperience of, uh, of some of your tackles at practice. Phil, I really like the the athletic ability uh, and the size and length of these young tackles. And um, I didn't see problems the day I watched. And I stood with Tommy Tice, who knows football. And we we're both watching the way they move their feet. And uh, they, they have the ability to play in the SEC. In fact, Dan Enos told me that's one of the things that really excited him is uh, these young offensive linemen like Imarian Harris, uh, Patrick Kudis, um, and Devin Manuel, and Andrew Shambly. These guys have true uh, SEC talent and size and length. The um, uh, Devin Manuel will be back, and he went down during the practice that I watched. So he's, you know, this... Today makes seven days since he went went out. They expect him back. Then it'll be interesting because if 
you stay out too long and somebody with the kind of talent that Chambly has gets entrenched and uh you know it's it's they don't like to change the chemistry and if there is chemistry there between Brady Latham and and Chambly, they they won't want to affect that and the you know the way they work with the tight ends that mesh all of those things are important yeah, and the higher up you go in, in class as far as from junior high to high school and high school to college, that backup's pretty good. You know, they get, they get a chance, they get in there, and, and they make a couple plays. You're right. Once the coach has trust in you and you start making plays, uh, it's hard to change. Yeah, the, Don't give them a reason to take you out. Yeah, the way the way they talk about Manuel, though, is is otherworldly, freakish. Same thing with, with, with Kudus and the the thing that Dan Enos told me back in the summer there was a play in the spring where uh, the tight end it's it's kind of I mean the tackle it's kind of a pulling play and he he's got to he's got to kick out the, uh, the the cornerback you know that's coming on run protection leverage and he he went a little wide and the cornerback was inside of him and he rerouted made three quick steps and when you talk about a big man make three quick steps all at once, he was there and walled off the the cornerback, and Rocket just bounced it to the outside and was off to the races. He says that that's a that's a move that you can't coach, a correction that he can make because of his athletic ability. It's what made Brandon Burlesworth special: the quick feet, the ability to to change direction. Once, and Matt, you've seen it. A lot of times, these offensive linemen they're out in space, and something happens with the you know the defender. They can't adjust to him. They can't move. They just don't have that ability to drop their hips and to take a cut and get to you know a little quick man, but. Kudas can do that, and that's what really excites the coaches. And so, they, so can Devin Manuel. Let's check in on the McClarty Daniel hotline with Patrick, called in from Bella Vista. Patrick, you're on halftime. What's going on? Not much. You know, uh, wasn't uh, Hudson Henry a five star when he come in at, at Arkansas? I just wonder why he hadn't been able to play. Well, of course, he's gone. He, oh, he is. He's, he's finished his eligibility. He's no longer there. Uh, but it, it, the the key with him is that he just stayed hurt. You know, he had concussions. Had you know, his body just didn't hold up. Um, it was really interesting. He didn't play tight end in high school. He was a flex receiver that played ten yards off the line. And moving him inside just never, never worked. He was never really an inline tight end. Um, they did not play a tight end at Plasky Academy, but he had the size that you thought he would do it. Uh, physically, his body just didn't hold up. I know he. Uh, I saw him on uh, Sam Pittman Live uh, when I filled in for Chuck in November. And uh, he was about to start his his career in in uh, finance, uh, if I yeah. remember correctly. Yeah, uh, wonderful person. I mean, all uh, not related to him, so I'm, they're Henrys, <laughs> but we're from a different clan, a different tribe in Little Rock. Uh, you can go back about four or five generations, and you still can't find any relation. But it's uh, I would be. I always told, told Hunter I'd love to call him my second cousin, but I can't. Though, though those that's a 
Mark Henry, those boys are really special, all of them. During the summer months, I know many of you are active, going to the lake, going to the beach, and if you want to live a healthier lifestyle and look better on these occasions, then I've got just the meal kit for you. It's Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, and you can get 50% off your order right now using the code HTL50. Just go to factormeals.com slash HTL50 and get 50% off. You're going to save trips to the grocery store. Your meals are going to be ready in about two minutes. They're fresh, never frozen. Plus, they have over 34 weekly restaurant options like bruschetta shrimp risotto and grilled steakhouse filet mignon. They have keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie options. Don't forget about breakfast and start your day right with Factor. Take 50% off right now. Factormeals.com slash HTL50. That's Factormeals.com slash HTL50 and get 50% off. The Year of the Sauce continues at Buffalo Wild Wings. Introducing Bullet Bourbon Barbecue Sauce and the return of hot barbecue sauce to the Buffalo Wild Wings Sauce lineup. Try both Bullet Bourbon Barbecue Sauce and Hot Barbecue Sauce for a limited time at your local Buffalo Wild Wings. Visit Buffalo Wild Wings in Little Rock, Sherwood, Bryant, Conway, Jonesboro, and Fort Smith. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, sauce, beer, and football. Are you feeling the heat this summer with soaring electric bills? Upgrade your AC system with Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric this August and experience the ultimate comfort in your home. This month, receive up to $500 off on attic insulation when you upgrade your AC. That's right, proper attic insulation can significantly reduce your energy bills, keeping your home cooler and more efficient. Worried about the cost? We've got you covered. With approved credit, enjoy payments as low as $99 a month. Picture this. Lower energy bills can help you cover the cost of your new system. Now that's a win-win situation. So don't wait. Call Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric now and save with a new AC system and insulation this August. Say goodbye to high electric bills and hello to ultimate comfort. Visit gopascal.com now and schedule your free estimate. With approved credit, exclusions apply. See dealer for details. Professional people, professional service. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Good to see that... Kevin Copps has been promoted to the Padres AAA affiliate in El Paso, Texas. Uh, so uh, two years he'd spent at AA, had a 2.54 earned run average this year with San Antonio in 54 innings. Uh, I think we'd been kicking around whether or not he'd be promoted sometime soon because, I mean, two, two good years at AA and uh, now getting a chance to pitch in AAA. But I'll tell you, El Paso is a tough place to pitch. The ball really jumps there. Uh, so, so the Chihuahuas, is that right? That is the Chihuahuas, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I like their, their logo. I might have to get one of those hats. Uh, nice downtown ballpark I've never had a chance to visit before. El Paso was in the Texas League when I first started with the Travelers, and those were the Diablos that uh, played at old Cohen Stadium, which was, oh my gosh, was that a dump. And it's turned into a fun, kind of a fun uh, minor league city now. Their manager... Uh, I've talked about this guy before. Philip Wellman is the manager Kevin will play for. Wellman had managed the Travelers for a year. He's the famous manager that had the greatest meltdown in the history of baseball with uh, the Mississippi Braves. I think that was 2008. The hand grenades. The rosin grenades. Yeah. The hand grenades. He pulled out the base. He walked to the center field fence with it. Um, He is... uh, 
He was not in a good mood. He, he did not agree with what was going on out there. You know, the funny thing about him is that is that Philip Wellman, he's the manager my last year with the Travelers. Pitching coach that year was Pat Rice, former Razorback uh, pitcher. Uh, Welly is as laid back and, and fun as you'll ever meet anybody in the world. But when an umpire makes a series of bad calls... I've never seen anybody's head get that red before. Like, I, I literally thought Phillip's head was going to explode a few times. And, and of course, this is the only place in baseball where this can happen anymore because everywhere else it's all, it's all replay. He's kind of Aaron Boone, as, as crazy as Boone gets in some of those arguments, he's, he's Phillip Wellman Jr. Let's go to the McClarty Daniel Hotline. Got Seth in Oklahoma City. What's up, Seth? Thanks for the call. How are you? I'm doing good. Doing good. Um, I'm actually I'm I'm from Northwest Arkansas. Uh, got transplanted to Oklahoma City, um, but I'm back here in God's country this week for a, for a funeral. Um, so I've been listening to you all today, but I wanted to comment on the Texas fan that called in earlier. Yeah, the Ryan. Ryan calls in what? What do you think, Matt? Like twice a week? Once a yeah, once one point three a week. Sometimes he'll get twice, but usually once a week. Yeah, yeah. calls in on okay. the morning, on the okay. afternoon show too. But I think they've banned him previously. But apparently he's allowed well, he's, back. He's he's about as delusional as Texas A and M fans are. Does does he not realize that Texas in the preseason rankings always get love, and then they just puke down their legs and. They go to like, they go to Alabama. They go to Tuscaloosa September 9th, I believe. Yeah, and we'll find out real quick how good they are. But it's it's the same thing season in, season out with Texas for the last 15 years, basically since Vince Young left. They get these well, I guess they had the Colt McCoy years, but they've been soft. They're they're pumped up. They get these big time preseason rankings and then they're nothing but mediocre. So Who was the Texas quarterback that proclaimed, what was that, four years ago, we're back? And yeah, then, we're back. And it didn't really go and that then way. And that was under year. a different head coach, so how back are you? But what, but, but, so talking about head coaches, Sarkeesian during Big 12 media days talking about, we're going to play angry this year. We're going to, you know, we have all these haters. We're going to play angry. Well, what did you do last year when you had all your haters? Like, come on, seriously. It's, Texas is a soft program. They're not what they used to be, and their fans are delusional. And that dude that called in, and I'm not a regular listener, obviously, since I'm over in Oklahoma City, but that guy that called in, he's, it, it's, it, I'm sorry. Until they actually prove something on the field, get out of here. Are you an OU, are you an OU fan? How do you think OU and Texas going Hell to the no. SEC? Hell no, I'm not know you fan. I'm a Razorback. I'm a Razorback tried and through, through and through. And I think that OU and Texas, for that matter, are in for a rude awakening, um, especially right now since OU's kind of in a, a rebuild phase with Venables. Um, you know, it's the first time they've been sub-500 last year since, since Stoops got there in 99. Um, so, now they're in a rebuild. Uh, I think it's going to be it's going to be rough going for a few years, but they'll get to a point where where they will compete. 
I can't say the same for Texas. Like, just because they they don't have the track record for the last 15 years. So, uh, but we'll see. I'm excited for it since I live over there. I all I hear about is OU football, OU football, OU football. Um, but I'm excited now that I'm going to get to hear about SEC football once they're in there. It's really bizarre that Kansas State and TCU could dominate Texas. It is just bizarre. But they and, and Oklahoma State, for that matter. They had too. problems with they Iowa too. State at times. Yeah, yep. I mean, they, 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 Texas went from, you know, being one of the kings to they're just getting run shop on by, by teams that should not be doing yeah, that. They need to be playing Rice in and, and West Texas State. Maybe they go to that Pac-4. <laughs> That's beautiful. They could dominate that thing for certain. Uh, right, thanks, sure. guys. I just wanted to I getting the chance to be over here and listen to y'all. Just wanted to call in and give my two cents. Okay, Seth. Thank you so much for the call. He lives behind enemy lines. Hang tough. At least he doesn't live in Austin, right? No, Austin is. Do you ever claim anything nice about the city of Austin, or do you just, or do you I've claim it just friends. to the campus specific? Because it's a cool city. Yeah, I used to have a Dell computer, and I'm sure it was built in Austin. It's, it was really nice. So, I always enjoyed going to Round Rock for baseball, uh, but that's not Austin. That's no, the, you're in the Hill Country then. That's aren't right. You? That's right. Got a lot of long the Hill Country fans there. is gorgeous. They've got some great golf courses in that area, and I mean most people. That work in Austin, they don't live there. They they live they live in that area. They, you know, they did a really poor job through the years of infrastructure, and Austin just exploded um, with lots of jobs, and they didn't catch up. And I mean, you don't eight o'clock in the morning and five o'clock. I I do not want to be in Austin. Yeah, I've I've tried to make it through town. You can't uh, do at the it. wrong at the wrong time of day, and and, and, and Austin wasn't my destination. You know, uh, destinations farther Don't south. Don't be trying were. to make a six o'clock reservation and leave at four thirty. You won't make it. Hey, you realize like the uh, the traffic in in Fayetteville specifically is uh, is getting a little bit more cumbersome yeah. these days with students returning to campus. I'm headed over there this afternoon, and I I, I know to allow lots of time. Especially if you're going north south, you can do it okay. It's when you're going east west in Fayetteville that it gets you. Is anytime you're trying to make it across the highway? <laughs> anytime. I mean, thankfully, they've started, they've, they've, you know, I think it was a couple of months ago, kind of started that construction finally on the Weddington exit. But man, it's, uh, it's miserable. It's miserable. Weddington Road, miserable. And trying to go east west across Interstate 49. Is like I realized that when I moved, when I, I lived in Johnson for a year, and it was pretty easy to make it to campus for whatever reason. Move across the highway into Fayetteville the following year, and even though I was closer to campus, it took longer to get there, just because you got to make it across the highway. And really, it's not New York City traffic, it's not even Austin traffic, but it is traffic, and it's no fun. It's like taking my daughter to high school these days, too, which I drove her the last two days. Was he going to take the bus at some point? But I don't know, since she's starting ninth grade, not, not necessarily going to force her to do that just you know, yet. Um, on Mondays, I work at the fly shop. Works a very loose term. It's a lot of fun for me. From my house to the fly shop is three minutes. 
Yeah, not a, not not bad at all. <laughs> I've had a shorter commute. I got to make a left turn on the Highway Five, and sometimes I've got to sit there for two cars, but that's it. Sometimes, sometimes I don't have to sit at all. I've had a shorter commute of um, three feet from my bed to where the studio was set yeah. up. Um, yeah. In a house, this this commute here. I mean, I'm moving three rooms, man. It's like I got to find a way to step over the cat once or twice. That's the only traffic I face these days. Matt, what's your commute to the? I radios? can drive through the park. It's kind of kind of take your time. It's uh, I can I can be here in three minutes or I can be here in fifteen minutes. So it's just depending on uh, if I want to go get a biscuit or not that morning. I used to have to battle. Um, morning rush traffic in Pittsburgh going to school, going to college. Ooh. Yeah, that wasn't too fun. That's not, for for the size of that city, and there's really no place to expand the highways because of the hills and the bridges and the rivers. It was kind of a miserable experience. But I did get to park because they let me do it after I interned for them. I got to park at the Pirate Stadium. It was Three Rivers then, and it was free parking there. So, I mean, if you get a chance to park anywhere near a downtown area that's free, you're either you either know somebody or you're about to get a ticket because <laughs> that well, just doesn't I happen love, too often. I love Western Pennsylvania, though, Phil. I mean, it's just it is just a sweet area, and you can go north or south about oh 150 miles from Pittsburgh. All oh, that is beautiful country. It is. It's gorgeous. But I'll tell you what, it is. You're trying to learn how to drive at the age of 16, and you're learning to drive on a stick shift on a city that's built on mountains. A stick shift? It's a little bit intimidating. Yeah, that's what I learned to drive. I haven't driven a stick shift in, I guess it's been it's eight back, or nine years. This is back to the future car he had going downhill, uh, get, get, getting it rattling a little bit. <laughs> uh, pretty much. You're listening to the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Check out the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast at hitthatline.com. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.